What's good, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of What a Trip. I got the man Chancho on today. Honestly, this is a really, really, I was hyped for this episode because honestly, Chancho, you're doing some cool shit, man. You're doing some shit that I really wanted to do. And you've gone to some places that are fucking beautiful. So I'll take it off, Alexis. Thank you for being behind the camera, my man. The one behind the ones and twos I had to shout him out because Chancho told me I don't shout him out enough because Alexis don't get no love from me. But it's cool. He's a side piece, huh, Alexis? You're my little side piece. You got those Thank cheeks you. for me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right, but Chancho, I'll kick this off with you, man. Thank you for coming through, dude. I really appreciate it. How you been, man? Hey, Gio. Thanks for that, that, that great shout-out, man. Yeah. I think Alexis really loved that. <laughs> I'm just tearing up back here. You can't see. Oh, you're all like crying back there? Yeah, Alexis, you have like a golden voice. Who's that it's talking? Like that, uh, that Jesus, homeless guy. That you guys you? remember that homeless man who was, got famous from his voice oh, yeah. on YouTube, I think? He did like the radio shows and shit like that because they like pulled up on him one day in the street. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, that that like, golden that's voice. Like, that's like old oh, school yeah, YouTube. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the man with the golden voice. So now he's out here doing podcasts with... all right chanto so this is your first time first time on the podcast so i wanted to kick it off with what you've been doing lately i mean people that haven't got to know you i mean let's just start actually with high school because that's where i got to meet you and stuff and like that's where i got my introduction to you like i never really knew um too much about you you know what i'm saying i just knew that you played football at the time and then after that i did see that you went to it was the university of maritime academy right in california yeah that's right that's right um Going back to high school, um, we can go back a little bit further than that. Actually, I'm not going to tell you the schools, but from 6th grade to 10th grade, yeah, I went to a new school every year. Okay. I moved over from Ontario to Fontana, then ended up at Harupa Hills with you guys. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, junior year, I decided to give soccer a try, and that's where I met you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot our coach's name, but he was hella cool. Fresquez? The other one. The uh, coach. Tony? 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 The other one. There's another one. Um, Who's the JV coach? I forget this this fool's name. Okay. We, we, uh, they had a couple too. They would always they did like have a couple. They rotated like them out. Oh, yeah. Was it uh, Danny's brother, like uh, Gilbert, the skinnier one, Gilbert Hada or something Danny's like that? Danny's brother, and then we had Mofu he had glasses. And then uh, kind of short, stocky dude, big dude. Fuck. Anyways, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, he cut me. I tried out, and he cut me. I'm like, all right, that's cool. Mm. No worries. And I was like, hey man, like you know what? I really like the workouts. I really like the feet work. Can I be your manager and keep practicing with you guys? Like, he told me, yeah, go ahead. Stay with the team. And then we had our summer leagues, and then we went camping. Remember when we went camping? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you went camping with us. Yeah. Did you go camping with us when we got the cabin or when we had actual tents? Tents, right? Tents. Yeah, tents. <laughs> I remember that. Do you remember that time where we were all wrestling inside of the tents, and then at one point, Frescas came, and he's like, hey, stop wrestling inside the tents. You guys are going to get injured. And so they're like, let's go play tag. And they went to go play tag. Was it him? No, no, no. It was Costa Mesa. Costa Mesa banged his knee. Had his knee open way up in the mountain. He had to get picked up. Oh, my God. That was so funny. You know, we're playing hide and seek kind of. And yeah, big ass trees up there. Yeah. It was dark. But yeah. like, the campsite had lights. But there was this big ass tree. And then like it gave out a shadow. So on the ground, it's big. It's a big shadow of the trunk. So I just laid down there. And people are running by me. They're like, oh, shit, Tancho. Oh, shit. I'm like, Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> Fuck out of here, bro. <laughs> and then there goes Costa Mesa running over a grill. And then he, yeah, oh, he ran over a yeah, fire pit or some shit. Like, yeah. Or he ran over a grill? And he busted open his knee and his, oh my God. just hanging like a window. It was crazy. I remember him like seeing him being like, oh, yeah, you need to go You need to go down to the hospital. <laughs> like, that is not okay. You can't put you can't put no kind of a Band-Aid over that shit to a quick fix. You know what I mean? Oh, it was yeah. terrible, bro. But like, all right. So going back to high school still, uh, we had gone camping and stuff. And... Like, out of high school, 
did you said like you kind of rotated schools a lot, right? Did your family ever move out of California? Have you always lived in California? Actually, my sister, she was born in Vegas. So mm. before we, we, I was born in Pomona, P-Town. And then a few, days, a few years later, moved to Vegas, stayed there about four years. And then uh, New Year's Eve was popping, strip clubs, everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm like five years old. You're down popping bottles on these hoes, like, <laughs> raining it down. And Lexus over here doing a little, a little peep show on the side, too. Honestly, though, Lexus, I've been trying to convince him. No. Shake those cheeks for some <laughs> money, bro. Shake those, make, show people what your mama gave you. You know what I'm saying? No. All right, but anyways, anyways, yeah, your voice won't be there, but those cheeks. I'm a good Christian boy. <laughs> good to know. All right, but did you move a lot, like um, a lot after high school too? Like, did you want to just like, did your parents end up moving out of state, or because I see you in like Texas the other day, right? Yeah. So <clears throat> I think my childhood set me up on the life that I'm living now. I was out in Texas because recently, I say, let's say 2021, mm-hmm. maybe 2018, 2019, my mom decided to move out of Fontana, you know, all the all birds out of the nest, me and my brother, sister over 18, doing other yeah. things. She decided to move to El Paso. And I was like, all right, cool. Helped her move out, and it was cool. That's tight, man. How, when you went to go visit El Paso recently, how was it? Like, how do you like the way El Paso is in this COVID time? During, like as opposed to California and Alaska, even. Well, those three states are completely different. That's what I was thinking too. Like, there's like there's a lot of pr- people moving to Texas now too, like as a preferred state instead of California. Yeah, I mean Joe Rogan moved over there. I think Elon Musk moved his whole company out there, didn't he? Yeah, I think I heard that too. Yeah, but yeah, Texas, they don't care, man. They, everything's open, open pretty <laughs> much. Yeah. <laughs> um, my experience in California have been very minimal. During COVID, actually, last year when it broke out, I spent most of my time up in Alaska. Mm. I was out there from, like, January 5th to about November 2nd, November 3rd. So pretty much the whole pandemic, you know, the strong part. The yeah. lockdowns. Yeah. Our company uh, still made some changes. And we quarantined people for two weeks in, in Anchorage. It's a major airport city. Yeah. And then fly out to your remote villages. And then uh, our company was on lockdown, meaning, like, Employees can't walk to the store or walk around town. Oh shit! Yeah, we have small communities out there, so we don't want to risk. <clears throat> we don't want to risk um, getting the the natives, the Alaska natives, like real Alaska natives, like they have their own language. Oh natives. shit! Yeah, like like Inuits kind of thing. They yeah, called Inuits. Inuits, they're Lucians. There's also like hoblets or hobbits, something like that. I forget the names, but at the Shire, there's mm-hmm. a lot of. Yeah, it's <laughs> out yeah. there, man. But yeah, yeah, we don't want to risk that. They're like in their seventies or eighties. That's dope. And <clears throat> last year, when I was in, in some of those towns, I stopped by the store, and there's little signs on the little announcements that says, "Come learn the native language for two hours or something." So it's actually yeah. like real native people teaching their community. Oh, that's fucking cool. And the young generations their language to keep to preserve and pass on the generations of traditions and the language. I think that's really important, man. Yeah, that is, well, dude. Do they, like, are they secluded from, like, the little village or community? Like, do they have their own thing, like, going on outside of it? Like, or is that it? Like, that village is their their land or whatever? Like, what's left? Yeah. Um, pretty much it's, like, it's a normal small town. It's not, like, igloos and stuff. But yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> They're all, like, in little igloos and shit. Yeah, well, when once COVID hit and we weren't too familiar, you know, we started off with the soft rules, you know, um, we have one one store in town. That's it. There's nothing else. There's no Starbucks, no McDonald's, no Walmart, no banks, nothing. Just that one store. So okay. 
the jack of the price. Yeah. Uh, Can't yeah. blame them. Can't yeah. blame them. Trying to make that money. Anyways, um, they designate their store hours for elderly and for locals. So, mm. And then it's open to the town the rest of the day. That's cool. <clears throat> yeah, so, you know what's crazy about what you were saying right now? Like, about the whole them being able to like teach people their language and stuff so that that can be very important to to preserve their their culture and like keep that going super random super off topic really quickly but i just heard this story during the week about like how the american like the united states once had a program that was pretty much like like uh trying to get native americans to integrate into american society so at one point what they did was like they started uh, getting a lot of kids to get adopted, like, into this adoption program. And so, like, what they would do is, like, the, say, like, CPS would show up to, like, a reservation, right? And, like, for any little thing, they would, like, try to get that kid taken from their family, right? And, like, they would take a lot of kids a lot of time from families that actually really wanted them, even if it was, like, something small. Or, like, they would go up to people that were even pregnant at the time and be like, hey, do you want to do you want to give your child up for adoption, you know? And so, like, one of their biggest reasons why they did this was that so they could pretty much get the children out of their old culture and so that they wouldn't learn it and like lose a lot of that that connection to it so that it could pretty much like help them like get rid of that population and like the, one of the people that like was the ones that kind of like led that whole that whole uh program and stuff it was like it was ultimately successful like a lot of these kids integrated and stuff and like and ultimately like yeah, they lost were, their culture a yeah, little they bit you know even know because like they're just taking they from young. such a young age. And Some like, of the kids, like the people on there, were older, like like probably like thirties. You could tell they were like crying, like fuck, like I thought my parents didn't want me, and like it was just the system that kind of like fucked me over at the time, you know. And I just it blows my mind that like that it went from that to the community being so accepting, especially now, you know, to have like classes and shit like that. That that's fucking dope. I want to talk about Vietnam, my guy, because Vietnam, what the, so. Actually, hold on. I'm getting ahead of myself. I need to yeah, chill. Like, yeah, I need to slow. I need to slow down. I'm just yeah, like, Vietnam. fuck. There's so much you different got, shit. You got like, old oh. flashback memories right now from your from, from war. The war. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. So hold on. Let me slow down real quick. Let me just ask, why'd you go to the Maritime Academy? Like, what made you want to go there? And like, are you good with like the ocean, or is it a school that teaches you a lot about like like the ocean and shit? No lie, it's <clears throat> it takes me back to Hooper Hills. We have deadlines to apply to Cal States, mm. and I had four free. I can apply to four different colleges for free. I don't have to pay the fee. Yeah. So I was like, all right, let me shoot my shot. I did uh, Cal State LA, Cal State Long Beach, Cal State Fullerton, mm-hmm. and some other school. It wasn't maritime. So I get my four applications in. I applied to other schools. I paid some fees. I did that. And then out of nowhere, <clears throat> Hooper Hills set up a type of not platform but meeting and they had a representative from cal maritime come to our school uh, and they gave out a presentation and i was like yo i gotta go to this school what was it about the school that like grabbed you <clears throat> so like where is it at? the presentation like, yeah where's the location up in, of the school up in vallejo bay area you know um cc sebastian he's a pitcher for the yankees he used to be He's from there. Oh, sick. CJ Anderson. He was a running back for the Broncos. He's from there. And you know the hyphy movement? The hyphy movement? Yeah. I might yeah. I I like, know of it. Get, wait, get hyphy? <laughs> <laughs> I might know of it. It's, it's before our time. It's before our time. But yeah, that's where it started. 
Get hyphy, they got you know, hyphy right there. Um, the E40 stuff. Yeah, E40, oh, that's yeah, the guy. Yeah. That's where he's from. <laughs> from the bank, from Vallejo, California. Yeah, Vallejo. V- I think even too short. No, maybe. maybe. All I know bay. is that, that that's like the only maritime academy in the West Coast, right? Yes, that's right. That's right. So basically, E40 here recruiting me. I was like, damn, for real. Like, he got you. <laughs> he's out there spinning rhymes. No, so that representative came out there and they talked to us. And what really pulled me, what I can remember, is that <clears throat> the class sizes and the ca- the campus population, I think total, it's probably like 1,100 students. Holy and shit. My graduating class was like 330, 320. My graduating class from Harupa was bigger than my college class. <laughs> like of all the majors, there's six majors offered at Cal Maritime. And my business class, I was probably like 80. I graduated, maybe less, I don't know. But I just like... It was out there. It's about the water and small class sizes. And then when it was time to commit, I decided to commit to Cal State Los Angeles. Oh, shit. So at first it wasn't even, I'm going to go to Maritime? No, not at all. Honestly, like, I was waiting for my financial aid information to hit. And it never got to me. And I was like, ugh, that's a big risk. That's way out there. Yeah. Nah, not yet. Let me go to Cal State L.A. And I went there for two years. And then he ended up wanting to transfer over? Yeah, so actually the transferring over actually came up because uh, Salvador Sanchez. Shout out to Salvi. Shout out Sal. So some people can ask why. Well, my guy, me, him, and Bill, we we attended Cal State Los Angeles together for the first year and a half. And then uh, Salvi wasn't feeling it or something. And then he told us, he's like, hey, guys, um, sorry to do you guys, but I'm going to transfer to Cal State San Bernardino. I was like, what? Don't, don't apologize. Don't apologize. That's cool, man. Do your thing. Like, you're an adult. Go do your own shit. And I was like, you know what? Let me look into transferring, too. Yeah, you got me inspired, bro. <laughs> Let me get out of here. Yeah. So then I looked up the graduation. Like, there's deadlines. So Zavi was telling us, like, hey, this and this and this. I'm like, oh, no, I missed mine. I missed mine. And I checked it out, and they were still accepting late applications for transfers. I'm like, hell, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, I went to go talk to my Cal State LA trans- uh, counselor. I only went there one time. First quarter, I had three classes, and I failed two. The other one was pass or fail. It was like remedial English. After that, I was too embarrassed to go, like, face what they're going to tell me. Yeah. So I just wrote out the the first two years, and I talked to my counselor. I'm like, hey, I'm trying to transfer. They're like, you don't have enough units. I'm like, okay, let me call Cal Maritime. <laughs> And then I didn't have the right amount of units, but they still accepted me. And I was like, oh, sweet. Dude, that's, that's right. cool. It all worked out. It was like perfect timing. So then, you know, I, I applied. I got my response. I got accepted. I was like, hell yeah, time to go. And then the following fall, I actually moved up north to the Bay Area. When you moved up there, did you have any family out there that you moved along with? Or was it just kind of like, a, I'm going to go. Was it dorming at the school or did you? Yeah, about 80, maybe 89%. Students live on campus. Oh, shit. I mean, it sounds like a lot, but again, it's only 1,100 students. Yeah. yeah. But then again, you know, everybody wants to live off campus. They don't want to live on campus with roommates, and they want to be adults, go do their own shit. Unfortunately, yeah. first-year students must live on campus. Okay. Even if you're transferring in, regardless? Yeah, regardless. There's, okay. like, three rules that would exclude you from that. It's probably, like, married, low, or financial hardship, and some. I don't know. So how was your experience in your first year of college, like when you went to Vallejo, like getting used to the school, the new change of pace, and then probably just like the city itself? You know, going to Vallejo gave me an opportunity to 
recreate myself to see if I'm still true to my values or what's I want to try different things. Nice. So I went to orientation and then there's there's sports available and the only sport that was like, oh shit, like wouldn't try that out was like rugby. Oh, that sounds tight. <laughs> yeah. And then like I went to the meeting, I'm like, oh damn, this is cool. And then the coach was like, just so you guys know, I don't cut anybody. I was like, <laughs> I'm on the team. <laughs> college college so, athlete. But actually, that also means that people quit. People don't do it. Because, like, you're, it's more of, like, you, you got to be on your own shit than, like, you got to want to be committed to the program. Mm-hmm. Yep. Our, our rugby team's big. They're, every time I see it on TV, it looks like a fuckload of players on the field. I don't know. Actually, I think I it's big in colleges, it. too. Like, a lot of, like, uh, like clubs kind of thing. Like, not school-wise, but, like, a club thing. Like, oh, yeah, get together yeah. to play rugby. Oh, yeah. Well, I thought about it. You know, I finished orientation. It's a week long. So the rugby stuff was the first day. Clubs and organizations involvement was the other days. And then I might have done one practice or two practice. And I was like, I'm not going to fuck up my body. This is going to affect me for the rest of my life. Yeah. Especially no pads, no, no protection. Yeah. I mean, that, that sounds cool and exciting yeah. and stuff. But at the end of the day, like, when you graduate, what's that going to do for you? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's cool. They have, they have cool networking, and they have a good, like, graduating people, and they all keep in touch, and, like, it's cool and all, but, nah. We're also me. not in Australia or New Zealand <laughs> to where, like, or there's, a big there's like, a rugby league. league. Yeah, so, like, you can't, of course, like, yeah, I get where you're coming from, because it's, like, although this is really cool, this is not a sport that's going to get you a lot of money, or, like, even if there was a pathway, you know, like, that's very, very hard. So, like, real, real, real life hit you, and you're like, all right. Fuck this. Yeah, I was like, fuck that. <laughs> and then uh, I think I had like three or four classes. And I was like, all right, let me give this a shot. I'm not going to do anything. just going to focus on my, my schoolwork. And then after the first semester, I barely had like a 2.0 or 2.1 or something. I was like, damn, this sucks. Are you a school person, though? Because like me, I, I'm high school, I'm honestly not a school person. So I give credit to anyone that can accomplish going to school and getting that shit done. Like, especially... At a time when you're going to college, because I feel like when you have all this shit going on in your life, like just daily life stuff, you know, the stresses of your family or or whatever the fuck may be mm-hmm. in your life, like it's hard for people to uh, get that motivation to get their work done. You know what I'm saying? So like, have you always been a school person or was it kind of like, like, fuck, I have to get my like, I have to really focus on this to work, like get it, get it going. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I wasn't a straight A student, but I wasn't like a failing student. I was like above average. And uh, I'm going to actually go into why or a little bit more about my schooling and how yeah. I work. So I did that, and I was like, man, this sucks. Let me just tighten up a little bit. Yeah, tighten up the flow. Oh, oh. Uh, let me, let me. <laughs> yeah, so after that first semester, being away from home, trying the new challenges, seeing, like, if I can do this. I was like, damn, this sucks. So, like, <laughs> the next semester, I signed up for clubs. I got a job on campus. And I, and it eventually got to the point where I signed up for more classes per semester. It ended up taking, like, five or six classes. Oh, I forgot to mention. So, I was, I didn't transfer, right? I mean, I transferred, but I didn't have enough credits to transfer there. Yeah. yeah. So, when I got there, they're like, hey, your classes don't count. You got to do four years here. Oh. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? Like. That's a lot, yeah. Like Why'd you, you tell me before? <laughs> <laughs> I went from a quarter system to a semester system. I'm not going to dive into why, what the difference is. I'm not in school anymore, so don't ask me. <laughs> so then 
I took sign language in Cal State LA and I transferred over. They're like, it's not enough units. You need another language class. I'm like, man, this sucks. So I overloaded so I could finish in three years instead of four years. Mm-hmm. So my second semester, of my first year at Cal Maritime, I did like five or six classes. I did like four clubs. And my grades actually improved. So I'm the type of person that you have, I have more on my plate, the better I get. Mm. So I love handling like the deadlines. Full plate and shit. Yeah, a full plate. It's no problem. Like the, the bigger, the better. And I was like, damn, this is cool. I'm tired, but like I'm on it. I'm on it. Like I have to go from here to here to here. Yeah. I had four jobs on campus. One, like I worked in the mailroom. My dorm was like two or three minutes from there. My oh, class okay. will end at the 11. Men in black guys and shit. You ever see men in black where they're in the post office? Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, but yeah, <laughs> sorry, bro. It was pretty much like that because we didn't have no computers, no scanners, nothing. It was all old school. Like, oh, shit. Small, tight room. But was it for all the mail that was going on in like the campus and stuff? Yeah, for the students. Oh, okay, that makes sense. And then uh, class will end at 11. I have a le- lunch from like 11 to 11.30. Work the mail room from like 11.30 to 12. There's, they need shifts. They need people. We have like eight different workers. So there's small shifts like that. Mm. So then my half hour, my next class was like at 1230. Oh, shit. Just a half hour? Like a half hour shift? Yeah. Whatever oh, I can shit. do, I can take, man. That's, I mean, that's chill. Like, uh, but like a lot of jobs you'd expect like at least two hours, you know, or an hour. Like, but half hour, like that's, that's chill. I mean, whatever you can get. That, that's nice. Definitely. Yeah. So especially college. I said four jobs and, you know, ooh, that's a lot. No, but. The campus, they try to limit students to 20 hours a week. Mm. I was not cool with that. I'm like, oh. so every week I always try to push or get the full 20 somewhere, anywhere. Mm-hmm. I did athletics, catering, mess hall, mailroom, um, conference and events, some other planning stuff. But yeah, so I'll get out of the mailroom at noon. My next class is at 1230. I'll go to, I'll take a nap. I'll go to my room, take off my uniform, <laughs> jump on my bed, and then like, Knock out like that. Ah, I hate that. I hate people that can fall asleep so easily because it's so hard for me to fall asleep. Like, I haven't taken a good nap. You know what? I'm lying. I took a good nap on Friday. I fell asleep at 8 o'clock, and I didn't wake up until, like, I woke up at 3.30 in the morning. Like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, because I didn't get waking up. You know, like, I was expecting my girlfriend to wake me up when she got home. But, like, I just, like, slept through the night, (laughs) and I was like, I was 3.30, and I was like, you know what? It's dark. I'm going to just go back to sleep. Like, I don't know what's going on. I'll figure it out in the morning. And in the morning, I was like, what the fuck? I slept all night. Like, but I'm not a napper. Like, bro, it's so hard for me to nap. I could literally lay there, and then I'll just start thinking about shit. Like, I can't focus on sleeping, you know? And then I'm like, I got to focus on sleep. And then I'm like, sleep. (laughs) Actually, I don't know, because I fall asleep pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But I have a friend too who would just fall asleep like sitting down and shit. But it's pretty, but yeah. it must be easier when when you have like a lot of stuff going on. Oh, yeah, Definitely. that's true. Because you're constantly moving, you're already fucking tired and stuff. So you go take a nap in your class real quick. Or sorry, not your class. You're uh, <laughs> in my room. In your room. <laughs> yeah. So then, like, I put my alarm at twelve twenty three or something. I get up, throw my uniform, and my class is like four minutes away. Uh-huh. I'll make it there on time, and I'm good. So now that it reminds me, I actually got. I actually try to get a lot of jobs on campus because another meeting during orientation said, hey, um, junior standing people, you have to go on an international experience trip before you graduate. That's that part of the cool. requirements. So I went to one of the meetings, and then there's four countries available. Or four trips, four trips. One trip is to Romania and Bulgaria. That's one trip. One trips to like 
Spain. One trip is to Vietnam. One trip is to another country. I was like, oh, sick, I can do this. And then, you know, I, I review the financial aid package. I apply. They're like, yo, you don't qualify. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I'm broke. Help me out. <laughs> I'm broke. <laughs> They're like, sorry, you don't qualify. So I'm like, oh, damn. Yeah. So that's why I got four jobs on campus. I had to come up with, I had to save $5,000 for a trip. Okay. So the year that I went, the four trips available were, um, oh, the year before there was a trip to, to Japan. That was cool. Oh, that's cool. Ooh, that would have been nice. Yeah. But anyways, my year, the options available was Bulgaria and Greece. That's one trip. Brazil is one trip. Spain and Portugal is one trip. And the last trip is Vietnam. So when I went to the meeting, there's they do the presentation of the countries. What are you going to do? What are you going to see? And out of all of them, I chose Bulgaria and Greece. What um, was it about Bulgaria and Greece that got you? That made you want to go, you know? The scenery. It was very beautiful. Very green. Everything else like city. Very historic mm. too, like Greece. Like when you go back to like the ancient times, it's like a lot of the, a lot of stuff started off there, in like uh, uh, ancient Greece. Like their literature and stuff. I think they're like some of the first people to like write shit down, right? Or like have like a democracy. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a historian, anyways. But you know what I'm saying. But so Greece, did you ultimately end up going to Greece and Bulgaria? Or yeah, I I worked my jobs. I saved my money. I committed to my trip, and. Uh, this is my first time ever in my life going on a plane. I've never been on a plane before. No short trips, no nothing. Mm. It's like, oh, this is crazy. Yeah. And then I get to the airport. I'm with, we're with the group, so there's like 20 of us. One of my friends, he's terrified. Terrified of flying. That's me. I haven't been on a plane since like a child. Yeah. yeah. At least you've been on a plane, though. I don't even remember. Yeah, that's yeah, a good thing, yeah that's true. So, uh, yeah. At least I've been on. I had a bad experience, so I'm like traumatized. So my buddy, we were waiting in the, by the airport gate. Sitting next to each other. He he had, like, a small bag or something. And then they call us up. So we're in line. So, like, our seats are far from the gate. I'm like, yo, dude, you forgot your bag. He's like, oh, shit, thanks. I'm like, don't worry about it, though. We probably won't need it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> He's like, you fucking asshole. Why would you say that? Just shaking the whole flight. You know? <laughs> so that Y'all running down the halls and shit, <laughs> trying to, like, jump up, fuck with the plane. <laughs> so the first flight ever in my life was uh, May 1st, 2017. And I flew from San Francisco to Germany. Fuck, how long was that flight? 12 hours. God damn. So, I've been on a long flight. I've been on a six-hour flight. But six hours to 12 hours, like, that's double, double the time. <laughs> so, like, wh- like, what do you do? Like, what do you do on your flight over? Like, did you did you make well use of the time? Or did you were you able to, like, fall asleep on the plane and actually get a couple good hours in? The week before the flight, I had I was running errands. I was running back and forth from NorCal to SoCal. I actually spent the night in Vallejo the night before the flight. And my buddy ended up giving me a ride to San Francisco. And then, uh, so I was exhausted. You can imagine that. I was exhausted. Yeah, for sure. So I slept a lot. There's movies. There's uh, They fed us three times. And then we had a layover in Germany. And then we flew to Bulgaria. And then we're in the bus to the hotel. It's late night. And one of my buddies like, Yo, did you guys did you guys hear that guy snoring? That guy was snoring loud. <laughs> and like all twenty of us were all scattered. So like we're not next to each other. It's not like ten people, ten people. We're all scattered. And I was like, No, I, I didn't hear that guy snoring. And then someone's like, Yeah, that was you. And I was like, Oh, that's not my problem. Yeah, that's why I didn't hear it. Like <laughs> I was the one. I was knocked out. Look at this guy. You see he's the one to come make an appearance on the show. Ali, what's up? Who are you gonna lay down on here or what? You're gonna bounce? You're you're just here for a quick entrance and go? Hey, Ollie. Hi. How are you? 
<laughs> so landing in all Germany, right. like, do you guys like then take the trains? Because I heard there's like a lot of trains that go to all the countries in Europe. We actually took a boat to the oh, next boat? terminal. No, I'm just kidding. No, like to uh, Greece or Bulgaria. Or oh no! So from Back Germany, about. we just got on a plane, went to Turkey, and then Turkey oh. to Bulgaria. It was real quick though. So in Germany, I used the restroom there, and it was crazy. Why? Oh. Wait, what do you mean? <laughs> like, cause that's a well, that was a random statement. You know what I mean? Like it, the restroom was crazy. Why was it crazy? I'm telling you, man. Like May first, 2017. Like forever, I'm gonna remember that day. It was yeah, like, that's important to me. Yeah. So I went to the restroom and I washed my hands. It was like normal. And then they have a paper towel machine where, like, you can't rip the paper out, but it's a paper towel. So there's a, a box in the restroom where there's a towel that comes out, but you have to dry your hands on it, and then it goes back into the box, and then it sanitizes it, and then you reuse it. Oh, shit. That's really fucking Crazy. cool. So is it like a, to- like a towel towel, like an actual? No, like it felt like paper towel, like a little bit better than that, but not like a towel you take a shower with. That's crazy because it's for it to still be able to like maintain the water and then like get clean and sanitize and still be able to go through. Was it was that like the only crazy shit in the restroom or was there also like a crazy soap dispenser? Or some <laughs> shit? Yeah. It's all coming out someone's butt. Like, <laughs> no, 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 no bidet. It's not like that, no. <laughs> I got a bidet in there, honestly. Alexis, if you want to use it, feel free. No, it's totally Hurt your butt one time. It's closed right now. All right, but yeah. <laughs> yes. So, how was Germany when, when you first got there? Like, what'd you do upon arrival, and how was your first day in Germany? Non-existent. It was just like a just an layover. hour layover. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just stayed inside the airport. Yeah, I got with that take that paper towel machine. <laughs> so then you took another flight over to Bulgaria. Yeah. And how long was that flight from Germany? Probably like two hours. Oh, so it's kind of chill, but still, you spent your first day. You flew for fourteen hours, pretty much. Oh, now you say it like that. Total was probably like 16 or 17. We actually flew to Turkey first and then Turkey to Bulgaria. So, oh, shit. So, like, two layovers in a way, right? Yeah. Damn. What? Damn, that's so much flying, dude. I'm, I'm like, panicked of planes. I always say this story, but, like, if you haven't heard this story, I was on a plane on the way to Mexico one day. And I'm on the way to Mexico. And we took a layover to Mexico City. And then from Mexico City, we're going to go to Durango. And on that flight, we took a smaller flight, right? So it was, like, less people and stuff like that. And I've been on planes, like, I've been pretty cool with planes, you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm good with turbulence. And at that point, I was good with turbulence. I was good with flights and just good in general with it. So I'm like, all right, cool, whatever, you know? We go on the plane, though. It's small. There's, like, rain and thunder I could see in the distance, you know what I'm saying? So I'm already kind of like, fuck, I'm a little paranoid and stuff. And we start getting turbulence. And I'm like, fuck, we're on a small plane. Like, I feel like this shit can't deal with it as good, you know? And at one point, the plane gets turbulence, the lights turn off, and we drop. And, like, I felt <laughs> it in my stomach. Like, I felt that drop feeling, you know? And then I heard someone scream, so it made me be like, oh, fuck. Like, I was just telling my dad about it the other day. I was, like, literally holding my dad's hand in the plane, like, hey, bro, I love you. Like, if anything happens, just know I love you. He's going to try to hide his bone. <laughs> like, but, after watching that Final Destination movie, I'm kind of scarred from fucking airplanes forever. Like, especially with, like, a group thing like if i were to go on like a group trip on a, on a plane you could you could catch me there like on a bus I'll, I'll take a bus there but you can't if you're going somewhere else across like, like far a different country yeah. yeah i'll stay home <laughs> yeah. that so fucking crazy after you got to actually bulgaria and stuff how was your experience in bulgaria well first um i actually forgot to take cash so that was kind of like oops you idiot anyways 
I get to an ATM. There's, is there no Wells Fargo in Bulgaria? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they, don't do they don't have banks over there. Yeah. So exactly. Actually, I think it was in Germany. I got a. I went to an ATM. I pulled up some cash, and I went to go convert it, and I gave them like two hundred American dollars, and then when they gave it back to me, it ended up being like three hundred and fifty or three hundred and some Bulgarian dollars. I was like, yo, this is cheap. <laughs> I'm about to have fun. So we get to Bulgaria, and our trip total was probably like 22, 23 days. Ollie, quit digging, bro. You see these little animals, little savage digging into the couch? He's trying to hide his bones so hard right now. All right, but sorry to cut you off. Bro. No this size is ridiculous in the background. I'm telling you, we can never have a show when he's here because he always has to let himself be known, make himself like a little presence. But go ahead, I don't bro. blame him. Yeah, yeah. He's a little character, honestly. He might as well have his own show. If you guys see on the Instagram, I had a little intro of him, a little Ollie show. Check it out later. But I'll check it out. Check yeah. it out. <laughs> so in Bulgaria, was the pricing of a lot of stuff like crazy or was it like fairly reasonable? You know what I mean? Because like everybody's money is different. It was cheap, yeah? man. Like I never seen a three liter, like, you know, two liter sodas. There's three liters. You know, you go to those Mexican rest or Mexican grocery stores. They have those three liter bottles. Badass. I've seen a, a 1.5 liter bottle. Like I think in Mexico, they have like slightly smaller than the two liter. That's like perfect size. 1.5. Honestly, I love Mexico's portions for all their shit, like their <laughs> snacks and their drinks. Like all their portions are perfect sizes because like a lot of like over here, everything's just so huge. Like the portions are, sizes are ridiculous. Like if you get a large meal now, like that shit, your drink's like this yeah. big and shit. Like, <laughs> was yeah. it in it's ridiculous. Did, have, did you get it in any restaurants where like they give you small plates of food or something? No, their, their diet consists of starting off their meal always with a uh, chopska salad, which is compromised of some type of cheese and tomato and cucumber that's just the name of the of the salad oh. so i got over that pretty quick because you have that you have to have it or they give it to you for like every meal yeah much. they give it to you for every meal yeah yeah i wasn't i wasn't feeling that it's cool but their 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 diet consists of a lot of meat so that was pretty cool oh you get fed and you get full it was, it was enough what was your favorite meals out there like, did you have anything that you were like, man, if you ever come to Bulgaria, you got to try this shit right here, the Stromboli. I mean, I don't know if they have Stromboli, but you know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> I'm not sure where the origin is, but over here they're called Gyros, Gyros. Oh, like Donner. a Mediterranean? The heroes, I think. Mediterranean yeah, food is fire. A hero? Shoot that shit. See, everybody calls it different, so it depends on what country you're on, but it's the same shit. Yeah, it's, like, like, a, it's like a flatbread sandwich, kind of. Pretty much. Pita bread on that shit. Yeah. yeah. That was the best, like, cheapest street food. It was dope. Everything else, like, you'd sit down, order. And the biggest culture shock there is that they take their time. Mm. You sit down, five to ten minutes later, a waiter comes, waitress comes. Yeah, I heard yeah. that in a lot of other cultures, like, the, uh, fuck, what's it called? Like, I guess the gratuity, gratuity that they charge, like, on the, at the restaurants, they don't really do that, like, in Europe or, like. Kind of no just leave people to themselves to like eat their food. Like mm -hmm. they're not constantly checking on you, like for refills or you know nope. more stuff. Like <laughs> so, everybody there's like, what the hell? Where's where they at? Where's the service and shit? <laughs> you order your food, 15, 20 minutes, and then it's time to get the check. Better ask for that check in the beginning, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you got to forgot kind, you were there. Yes, yeah, so I was gonna say like so the whole culture like it's kind of like a, is it an island in Bulgaria or is it off like a no? It's I need a, a map. Where's my shit at? It's like somewhere in the middle, right? Like surround it's surrounded by like countries, right? It's, it's not like on a edge. It's not on an edge. Well, next to it is the Black Sea, so. Oh, 
Oh, kind of. Yeah, it's actually above Greece. They're neighbors. Yep, right above Greece, right below Romania, next to Macedonia, Ser- Serbia, and Kosovo. Okay, I see what you're talking about, the Black Seas right here. Yep. So this is like the Mediterranean area, right? Like all these like these places. By the, by the oh. sea? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. And uh, overly, I would have to say like it was beautiful. I had a good time. But I must say, like, sorry to my Bulgarian homies, <laughs> but uh, they don't like Americans, man. At first, I thought it was because we're in a big group. So I did my little experiment. I went out with a group of 12, group of eight, six, four, down to two people. Uh-huh. And we got treated the same way. I got treated the same way each time. Like like shitty? like Yeah, pretty much. Like in what ways? Like was more like they're like a right away. You know when people talk to you and they, they you can tell they have like a little bit of disdain for you. Like yeah, in it's a way like much that. disdain towards Americans. Uh, but even if you're you're brown, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, like even like someone of color, like they think they already like knew it in your accent and the way you did. You like speak to them and um, or did they speak English? Yeah, we were we did the tourist towns. We did some of the small villages. Okay, but, um, Cal Maritime is like eighty percent Caucasian, so. My group was majority white, mm. so they can tell the whites. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and the way we dress too, we're we're, we're foreigners, we're tourists, we're, yeah. we're Americans. Like, oh, that's American. They got the Jays on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> got the Lacoste. <laughs> and then, uh, not no Lacoste. I don't know why I said that. Even in the streets, they they have their nose up high and they turn away. They they're not friendly, man. I was like, <laughs> that's, that's crazy. <laughs> so, did you experience the same thing? How, how long did you stay there? Total, like the whole trip, including Greece, was about like 23 days. So majority was Bulgaria, uh-huh. maybe 17, 18 days. Did you experience the same kind of like disdain in Greece? No, not at all. So but I must say. a lot different? Yeah, it was totally different. I feel like people in Greece, there's a lot of foreigners there too, mm-hmm. but they live there. So like that's their home. And you had, a, there's a lot of diversity to the spots that we hit. Greece, so it was really hard to see who was locals, who wasn't. Okay. Because, I mean, Greece, too, is like a... I feel like that's for sure somewhere that people are constantly trying to go visit, you know? Like, to go do their vacations and stuff. I mean, I don't hear a lot of people saying, let's go to Bulgaria for a vacation, you know what I'm saying? Have you ever heard of Bulgaria before even... I mean, I've heard of Bulgaria, but, like... sports. Yeah, sports-wise and stuff like that, but as far as, like, going there, like, do I know anyone from Bulgaria? Like, anything to see in Bulgaria? Like... Did you go uh, to any certain big landmarks or, like, anything that was, like, really big there, you know? Yeah, so we went to this Plovdiv. That's the second oldest city in Europe. Maybe in the world. I forget. Holy shit. Still, yeah. like, stone floors and stuff like that. Exactly. And it was just crazy. crazy. I mean, again, it's my first time flying, so I was like, I'm really on the other side of the world right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it's a whole other day over here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that must have been a, like, big shock. Um just going from like this fucking far. Sometimes it trips me out on when on when you actually see a map and you're like, dude, I'm like on this side of the world, you know. Like even when I was in Mexico, I was like, I'm fucking far right now. Like I'm really far from where like I'm used to, you know. And like everything around me is like so, like in a way, it's very unfamiliar. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Do you think like that first trip, like implanted that I want to travel in you? You know what I mean? Or like did it kind of just like leave you with a little bit of taste of like? The experience of a different culture. Honestly, I was like, that's probably like 51% no. It's a little bit more no because like, I felt both feelings of like, 
I'm on the other side, other side of the world. Yeah. And then I'm like, this is not real. Yeah. I feel like we're down the street. Like, this is another part of the States. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Almost, but just like old school. So my taste for travel didn't really come till later. I'm not sure when, but real quick. In Bulgaria, when we tried to talk to the girls, the locals there, they just turn away. They just hmm. cold shoulder. Here, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, that sucks. So we get to Greece, and we go bar hopping. And then uh, we pretty much gave up. This is probably like day eight of the trip, day eight or nine. And then uh, we get to this, this our last bar of the night. It's probably like 1130 or something. And all my guys, most of the most guys on the trip, and the girls that did go, they're in a relationship. So okay. no yeah. We're not messing with them. So yeah, anyways. Yeah, yeah. We're keeping it wholesome. Yeah. So all my guys are like on this side of the bar. And like there's an empty space. And there's this girl there. And I was like, ah, fuck it. I'm going to shoot my shot. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. What's another no, you know? <laughs> yeah. So then I go up to her. We just I was drinking. And then she had a drink. And I was like, do you know English? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> and like how else can you talk to her slide her a note like, <laughs> slide her your English. phone with the google translate on there <laughs> and this is where it gets crazy she's like yes I'm like can you say that again she's like yeah I speak English I'm like holy shit where are you from she's like I'm from Ohio oh. shit. I was like what the fuck what are you doing out here she's like oh for my school we're doing a school trip and me and my girls are out here I'm like who are your girls keep in mind my group was about 18 boys <laughs> and then she's like all these girls are here there was like 22 or 23 Damn. girls. Oh, just shit. Ran into a whole other school. Yeah. Like, it's just so <laughs> weird. And I, was, I was like, yo, our group is out here too for a trip. And it's like <laughs> me and the 18 <laughs> guys right here. So then like we all get excited. We all speak English. So I got more drinks and then we went outside and then we went bar hopping again. Mm-hmm. Went to some restaurants and their curfew was at 2 a.m. Oh, sick. That's yeah. still late. Ours was midnight, but like. Yeah. The <laughs> yeah, they're not gonna come grab you guys, you know. Yeah. yeah so for a curfew, it was uh self-policed. So one person every night has to take turns to check everybody in. You know, <laughs> or like ah, we get tonight, yeah. dog. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> we checked in. <laughs> if it was me, I'd be like, it's cool. I'll sign you off and shit real quick. Yeah, and then uh, our second night or something, a professor or the chaperone, whatever you want to call it, he was like, "You guys have been going hard every day now, like." Take it easy. <laughs> please keep, like, please stay at the hotel tonight. We're like, all right, all right, all right. And then we got a little allowance. They gave us um, 20 euros each. That's sick. So all the guys are cool. There's a group of 10 of us. We all got 20 euros. And then uh, we went to a restaurant. They're like, all right, you guys are free for the day. See you tomorrow. We're like, all right, sweet. We went to a little donor shop. We each got two donors and a soda. What's a donor? The gyro, the thing. Oh, okay, okay, oh, okay. Yeah. They but you said a donor. That's why I was like, wait, wait, what donor? But it's just yeah. different names, different places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Greece, probably donor or something. I don't know. Anyways, the total for all that, there's 10 of us. We each got two sandwiches, a soda. The guy told us 22 euros. We're like, what? For all of this? Like, yeah. Shit. So <laughs> there's 10 of us and there's $200, right? So we spent 22 on that and the rest is just on beer and alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> we took that back to the hotel. Man, that was the funnest and craziest night <laughs> that we had on the trip. Just at the hotel? Yeah. We went to one of the... We had, like, three to a room. But someone had a room that had, like, two balconies, two big-ass bed, and it was a living room. It was it was a big-ass setup. Yeah. So, oh, we're going to party here tonight. Yeah. <laughs> so the next morning, we're supposed to check in at 7. Half of us got there, like, at 8, 8.30. Mm. One person lost her passport for a Shit. bit. <laughs> they found it later, but they lost it for a bit. And then... uh That's scary. We had to, we headed out of the hotel probably like at nine, 
And then one of the girls was like, pull over. And then the bus pulled over like in the middle of the mountain. And she she puked. <laughs> oh, because she was just drunk. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and the professor's like, what happened? I told you guys to stay in. I'm like, yeah, you told us. We, we listened. <laughs> we stayed in. We just had a good ass night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we went hard that night. Dude, that's fucking cool. Um, so in Greece, did you end up going to visit anything really cool there? Like as well as like a landmark or like, cause I mean, Greece probably has a shitload of cool places you can go visit, right? Yeah. We just stayed in Northern Greece. I think total was like three days mm. and we left Southern Bulgaria to get to Greece. And that was probably like a six to 10 hour bus ride. Oh, shit. So we traveled overnight and then in the morning we get into our spot and they tell us like, Hey, we got to these, uh, these mountains here. They have monasteries in the mountains. So we're gonna do this today. It's a ten mile hike. We're like, what the fuck? <laughs> I just got After having yesterday. like a shitty ass <laughs> night. <laughs> I yeah. got a hangover. I got the crew there. Need some pozole and some chelas. And a long ass bus ride. Yeah. Like, oh, that's fucked up. Fuck no. But we did it. It was cool, man. There's like actual monasteries inside the mountain that were not accessible by us. But so you even you couldn't get to. No. Or is it because like people are there and they're like blocked off, or is it just like they've got the environments like, too crazy? Yeah. The environment's too crazy, and you got to climb it. The monks live there. Oh, shit. And they're still active. I'm like, damn, that's cool. That's fucking cool. There's monks in Greece? Yep. Monasteries, man. Wow. Yeah, and they, um, there was one monastery that was open to us, the public. Yeah. And it was a crazy hike. We got to the mountain, and we had to climb back down, and go up a bunch of stairs through the to the mountain, and then inside the temple, you check it out. Beautiful. Is it just like old, like an old... Uh, Church. What kind, of, what kind of feel did it give you, like... Because I've never personally been to a monastery, so I wouldn't know, you know what I mean? So, like, walking into it, like, if you can give me a description of how it was. Very open. By open, I mean, like, there's a window frame, but there's no window. Mm. And it wasn't, like, holy or churchy. It was just, like, open space. A lot of, I guess that was their area to meditate or to do whatever they need for training and whatnot. And we passed by a room where it's, like, a doorway. It's a half door. And uh, that's where they... Keep the skulls of people. Oh, shit. So, literally, we saw shelves and shelves of skulls. I don't know how I feel about that. Killing someone's I... skull? <laughs> yeah, like, like just like... It's not like they killed them. I think it was yeah. past monks. They just keep And they them. just, like, keep their, their heads and stuff? Yeah. That's crazy. Like, I mean, because, you know, like, some cultures are very accepting of, like, death. When it comes to death, it's just seen completely different. Like, I think oh, in India... True. Like, for example, like, they'll burn the body and, like, uh, like in display, you know, their people and, like, their family will be there. And, like, it's a very, like, like, even a lot of times you see them and they're not really that emotional because, like, it's just so common to them. You know what I mean? So, like, when it comes to that, like, seeing someone, how they react to death or, like, how they perform a ritual after death is just, like, it always blows my mind, you know? And, like, like in the room, was it, like, protected off or, like, held off by anything specific or was it kind of just, like hey, this is where we keep this. Like, you don't need to have any any rope to hold people off. Like, people know, like, you got to respect this room. That's a little mix of everything you just said. I mean, it's not like a room I could walk into. And I've got a, a safety cone right there in the beginning. No, nah, no safety <laughs> cone. You just, like, you could peek in the window uh-huh. or the door. And you're like, whoa, that's crazy. Yeah. All right. So now I think it's time to talk about Vietnam. <laughs> I feel like we're after so does, we could talk about all right, Vietnam. All right, all right. <laughs> I'm intrigued to see how this goes to Vietnam. For, okay, for yeah. Greece, yeah. T- t- tell me how we get to Vietnam, man. You give me this story. All right, so it's my first year at Cal Maritime. I made a friend. Hella cool person. Hella dope. She's She has a similar upbringing, so she relates to a lot. You know, like, 
stereotypical rough area, you know, what to do, what not to do in bad areas. Um, you fuck with Mexicans heavy. She's Vietnamese. Mm-hmm. And so throughout the year, like, we helped each other out with some stuff. She'll give me a ride to the, to the bus stop whenever I go home or she'll pick me up. So we built up a, a friendship and then we started watching, started hanging out, started watching YouTube videos. Some of these YouTube videos were um, just, we're watching videos about food from different countries. I love those videos. I'm, I'm stuck on those videos too, like Korean street food type shit. Yeah. I think it's called like the greatest show, food show on something. I forgot his name. It's this guy that goes around and he's like in all these different countries. Yeah. yeah Some yeah. white guy. Yeah, white guy. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Funny guy, big yeah. guy. Yeah. Bandana always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, so it started off like that. And then later on, we started watching videos about teaching English in Vietnam. So we joke about it, like our first year or second year. And of course, it dies off. And then it's two months before graduation, I hit her up. We're still good friends. We hang out a lot. We go to raves. We go to parties. We go, we hang out, you know? I know her family. She met my family. We're cool people. And it was like two months before graduation. I was like, yo, what are some uh, job possibilities that might prevent you from going to Vietnam after we graduate? And then she's talking about it. She thought about it for about like a week. And then I asked her again. She told me two names. But as soon as she said it out loud, she's like, fuck that. Let's go. I was like, hell yeah, let's yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. So then the plan was to get a summer job and then go to Vietnam. So we, we got summer jobs lined up on campus for the summer after we graduate. And then we take off. But then Alaska called me. They're like, yo, this is February. Like, hey, we got a summer position. You did a really good job as an intern. So we'd like for you to come back up. I'm like, yeah, I'm in. You know, Alaska money is a lot more than summer summer job money at campus. They hold you to like 38 hours. Mm-hmm. It's like, nah. So yeah. I did Alaska. I came back. I went to Mexico for like a month. No, two weeks. I went to Querétaro. Santiago de Querétaro. I went to Monterrey for about a week. And I came back, had Thanksgiving. And then that Tuesday after Thanksgiving, we flew to Vietnam to go teach English. Oh, shit. So you were out there, like, teaching just locals, like young kids? Or was it, like, older people or a mix of both? Um, so once this, we spent December getting our certificate. So we had to take classes 150 hours or something. And then January, we were applying for different spots. But the program that I did... They set you up with a job after you finish your certificate, so. That's fucking cool, dude. That, That's really fucking cool. So, like, you just have to go online and, like, look up this uh, certification thing so that you can go and kind of teach out there? Pretty much, but that yeah. question is for my buddy. Like, I told my he friend. Kind of did the work. <laughs> yeah, I told my friend, I'm like, tell me where to pay, tell me where to sign, and let's go. Yeah. Like, I didn't, I didn't do much research on Vietnam, like. The only thing I knew about Vietnam was those videos that we watched, you know? Yeah. And that was pretty much it. I never researched it. I never been there before. I never yeah. thought about it. I was like, you know, I, her family's cool, and, and I love hanging out with them. I did Lunar New Year with them two years in a row. Sick. I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. And then uh, when I got on the plane from San Francisco to Taiwan, that's where the label was. Mm-hmm. My friend, uh, her, her middle name is Duke, and that's Vietnamese for Blue Dragon. Like, that's sick. Yeah, that is fucking sick. And on the airplane, I had middle seat. So on my left is Blue Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> and then on my right, we're waiting, we're waiting. I'm like, hopefully no one comes, no one comes. Yeah. A fucking monk comes. Oh, A shit. monk. Like, like, full next kit and like full yeah. gear. Yep, everything. I was like, no way. I'm about to have a good ass time in Vietnam. I'm like, this is, <laughs> I'm lucky, man. This is yeah. cool. And I talked to the monk. 
and I asked him, I asked him, I was like, yo, what's like the misconception about monks? He's like, that we don't talk. Like, I talk. <laughs> yeah. Talk the whole flight from then on. Yeah. And then like, I go on to ask about like, how do they, what do they do for a living? What do they do? Like, we pray, we train, we eat. I'm like, how do you, how do you eat? They're like, donations, people kick us in. Because I've seen people, monks, if you've been in Vegas, you see monks walking around. Mm-hmm. Some of them are actually, like, walking to different places. And other people, like, offer places for them to stay, to wash up, to eat. Shit. They look out for monks. I'm like, damn, that's cool. Yeah. So, yeah, we get to Vietnam, and over there, there's a bunch of motorcycles. This is my first day. I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. Yeah. I'm over here in Nam. <laughs> I can imagine the culture completely different. From there Bulgaria, like a, from Greece, like, to there. Was there, like, a hate for Americans, like, in Bulgaria there since... Because of the whole war stuff or like... Oh, like with Vietnam, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> no. So like, I kid you not, like within my first week, I was already like, yo, this place is tight. And uh, within the first week, we adjusted. But before we started our classes, we wanted to go visit her family in central Vietnam. Mm-hmm. So we went out there. We got there. That evening, her family took us out to a restaurant. It was like four tables put together at this outside bar. And it was like me and my friend. 20 to 25 people over family. Oh, shit. Y'all showed up. And then uh, she's our translator. She knows Vietnamese. Uh-huh. And then, like, we're having a good time. We're drinking. They're bringing out different foods. And I want to be respectful. I'm a picky eater growing up. But when I was in Vietnam, like, I'm going to try everything. Yeah. So then, like, her cousins, although they're older than her, she holds higher. She has a higher rank in her family because her dad is older than their dad. So they have to respect her more. That's a fucking trip. Yeah, that's a crazy, like, hierarchy type of thing. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, damn, that's dope. Yeah. And then, like, they keep bringing us beer. We keep drinking. And I go over to my friend, like, yo, Lydia, you know, if we, if Mexico and Vietnam spoke the same language, they'd be homies for sure. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we be drinking together, you know? Yeah. And then she's like, you idiot, that's us. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> So then they brought out this other this other dish is um, fermented shrimp. Do you know what's fermented shrimp? No, I mean fermented is just it sits in itself, right? Yep, and it's aged. Yeah, yeah, it's disgusting. That sounds disgusting. And then like, like a boiled egg, but for shrimp kind. Even of. I, I honestly, I don't like aguachiles either, so I'll just leave that out there. I don't like shrimp that's just been cooked in lemon. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. So yeah, and I was like, I already had a few beers, and you know, like the cousins are hella cool. Let me try it. I'm gonna try it. And then, like, oh, shit, like, oh, this, this is not it. This is not disgusting. it. <laughs> and, like, their cousins are laughing. They're like, oh, thank you for trying it, though. Thank you yeah. for trying it. You got my respect. I'm like, all right, man, that's cool. <laughs> and then uh, one of her cousins is a taxi driver, too. So by the time the night ended, he was going to take us home. And, you know, we're, we're trying to get it's a service. So, you know, we're, we're going to pay for it. And he wouldn't want to accept it. You know, we're family. And this family, we had a good-ass time. So, like, five minutes outside the hotel, we were fighting on giving him the money, take, give it, us, take, take it. it. No, no. So me and my friend are drunk. Like, no, you take it. So then, like, I got out the car. I had the money. He was going to the driver's side. I opened up his windshield wiper and I just slammed it there. I'm like, Lydia, let's go, let's go, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so we left the money on this windshield wiper. Yeah. So we won. That's tight, dude. The food too. Like, it's um, I love the way some Asian communities eat because like they'll have all the plates like portioned out right there, you know, and you just kind of like pick and give yourself a plate, right? Like, is that how the vibe was right there? Yeah, totally. Like, man, it's like not a buffet, but it's a healthy, delicious. Like, I never tried so many different food and actually liked it before. Yeah. And I was really 
surprised on how delicious it was and how how great it's presented and how cheap it was too. Was there any like anything in that first meal that like, like you were like, man, I need to remember the name of this and like what it's called because if I ever find a Vietnamese restaurant, like I'm gonna have to get this. Um, a couple specific. A couple. Um, I didn't taste the bomb ass dish until like four days into the trip. And then I told my friend, like, yo, what is this called? What is this called? Yeah. <laughs> I got to know the name. I got to know the name. And it was, like, grilled pork chop with fried, uh, broken rice with the egg and vegetables and a little bowl of soup. Ooh. And, like, <clears throat> the cheapest I ever found it was for, like, 90 cents. Wow. All of that. And the most expensive I ever found it, like, a super nice restaurant, probably, like, $3, $4. Was there a so, huge difference between the quality of it? No, they're pretty good. The same shit. Yeah. So, like, out there, you're were you living lavish, like kind of like treating yourself when you could, or how long did you stay out there? Like, what was the period of time? So I stayed out there for about six months. I never been there before again. Like, I was like, fuck it. So you really got a chance to like take in the culture, then staying out that long. Oh yeah, definitely. Back to the the food part. I went to a restaurant. I was by myself. And they had egg rolls, Vietnamese egg rolls. And I had two. I'm like, oh, this is bomb. Let me get three more. And I look at the menu. None of it's English. I'm out in the outskirts. Yeah. And I was like, give me three more of those. I just look for whatever the cheapest thing is. Yeah. And I was like, that got to be it. That got to be it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, three. They're like, three? I'm like, yes. And then he comes back, and it's like three bowls of rice, white rice. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, I'll pay for it, but I'm sorry. No, no, no. So I had to go look over there and point out the egg roll and this like, other. This is what I want right here, sir. Yeah. Did you pick up any Vietnamese just living out there? Like a lot, yeah. a lot. So my friend, she lived out. My friend's family, she's from that area, so they have cousins and family out there. And uh, her cousin would come visit us daily, see how we're doing, That's how we're cool. adjusting. They they took us out sightseeing and stuff. And then like the most, I guess like humbling or crazy experience was that. She was with us, showing us different parts, how to adjust to the community and the city and the country. And we did a bunch of tour stuff, and we did a bunch of non-tour stuff. And we're there, and we have money, and we're, we're having a good time. And it's just, like, out of us that we want to pay for, for, for her, mm-hmm. for them showing us a little gratitude. Yeah. And then at the end of it, they're like, you know, I lived here all my life, and I've never done any of those things. Yeah. I was like, Wow. We got you. Respect. Yeah. Because yeah. even like over here, like you can live in California and not do so many California shit. You know what I mean? Like go visit the Golden Gate Bridge or like go to L.A., go to the observatory or something like that. Like you could yeah. experience like that, you know, for someone to like to be able to host you, you know, and do shit they've never tried either. Or like even the fact maybe they couldn't do it because they just didn't afford it or anything like that. Like that's that is shout out whoever took you. You remember their name? T. Well, say it again. T. T? Yep. Like T E Y? It's T H E Y. T H E Y. Oh, T? Okay. Yeah. Dope. Shout out T out there yeah. in Vietnam, <laughs> Vietnam holding it down, yeah. down the streets. Yeah, and she don't know much English. And her husband, um, it's, so it's the cousin, her husband, and two kids, two little girls. So they, that was our family there. Our, that was our base. So we saw them frequently. Yeah. We hung out with them. We invited them to dinner. The little kids love pizza. And probably, like, when we were there, we probably went to, like, Pizza Hut or Domino's probably, like, six times. Okay. So, 
different countries for different like food places they have different like sides and different like ways to make their pizza and stuff right yeah so like what did they have different because in mexico when i went to domino's they had potato wedges out there and i thought that was random as fuck because you, know, <laughs> you never see potato wedges at like a pizza place so what would you have the craziest thing out there that i saw on domino's was a seafood pizza seafood like shrimp or like yeah it's the fish on anchovies yeah. yep oh, both of them shrimp yeah. and anchovies yeah it was like a seafood combo I was like, Whoa. did you try it? With cheese? I don't know. That sounds gross. <laughs> yeah, like cheese and tomato sauce? Yeah. Yeah, no, just so you just got like a traditional, like, was it the same flavors and everything? Or what, could I think you tell so. it's a little different? Yeah. Like the little girls, they, they they watch TV, so they see American lifestyle. So pizza and Domino's, there's McDonald's out there. So whenever we ask the little girls where they want to go eat, it's an American restaurant. American, yeah. I don't blame them. It's cool, you know? Yeah. Because they're probably around that culture, like, their food all the time that they're like, let me go try something different. It's like me, like, all right, I want to go try, like, a Japanese food place or something different today, you know? Mm -hmm. Do they show, like, a lot of American culture out there, like, through the TVs or, like, through the restaurants that they have there? Like, SpongeBob Does it ever, like, leak through into their, like, their country? No, not that much. Like, the city, the main city in the south is called Saigon or Ho Chi Minh City. And there's different districts. The closer you are to District 1, the more English is spoken. The further you go out, the less English is spoken. Okay. So my first city that I lived in, it was called Govap. So me and my buddies that were taking the classes, they became buddies, you know, they're cool, whatever. We referenced Govap as the VAP. You know, that's, we grew up in the VAP, and VAP was like <laughs> ghetto, and like it's, it's a rough area. Yeah. You can tell. It's crazy. Like, in what ways? Like, uh, if you were to, like, explain it to someone, like, like how it is, like, in, like, LA, like, Skid Row type shit, or, like... A little bit better than Skid Row, but I guess it was just really unfamiliar because there's no English spoken whatsoever. But we're in that city for a month to do our training, and some people don't have chargers to charge a bro, or they don't have clothes, or something rips or something. So, like, to help yourself, it's really hard. Luckily, I didn't really have to experience that, you know, like... Mm-hmm. I was prepared. Yeah. And my friend, she speaks Vietnamese. So I was like, yo, Lydia, like, come on me out. Yeah, I like it. No, but then, you know, in the beginning, I was like, I can't be that annoying friend. So I'm going to push myself to learn. Mm-hmm. So whenever her cousin would come over to the house or the apartment, I learned how to say, how do you say? Como se dice? I learned that phrase and I just pointed at different things. So then her cousin would teach me. I'll say, caí. And I just pointed at different stuff. And she told me, and I'll practice it, and I'll practice it. I'm like, okay, I got it. Next one. And then we're on the road. That's tight. On a bus or a taxi or whatever. I'm like, hey, what's that? What's that? What's that? Yeah. When we're eating dinner, I'm like, how do you say spoon, fork, plate? Like, everyday stuff. Yeah. Right, left, here, over there. But um, the funniest thing that I can say about learning the language and the, fra- the phrases, I always get asked the same questions. Where are you from? How long have you lived here? What's your name? How much do you weigh? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, God damn. And then the next question was like, how many plates can you kill? Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's rude. They got no manners out there. No, yeah. <laughs> and then like in my schools, the little kids, the younger kids. So when I was teaching English, I taught grades one, two, three, four, five, seven, eight. 10, 11. Oh, so pretty high. Yeah. yeah. Big all, range of kids. All on one campus. 
All, um, multiple classes, like, separated by grades or just... Yeah, like, there's one hallway that's, like, one to three. And, then like, there's a second floor, which is just, like, third grade. And there's one other hallway is, like, four, five, six, seven, eight. The other hallway is, like, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Shit. Shitload of kids? Yeah. Like, big schools and stuff? Is it, like, a one teacher to 40 students type Pretty situations? Yeah. yeah, but I had a TA in the in the... In the classrooms with me, so if the kids got out of hand, you know, like they'll speak in their language and they'll handle it. Calm them down a little bit. Yeah, pretty much. That's tight. So, like, how how did um, you know? I was going to say how how did it lead you to Alaska, but in a way, like you had already had that opportunity in Alaska, right, to be able to go out there and like, is it and be on your? Uh, is it the same company that you're working for right now? Yeah. So after that summer job, I, when they called me back, they're like, "Hey, you're available this summer." I said, I am, but I'm planning to travel abroad after. Like, I can only do summer. I'm not interested in working after. Like, I'm gone. They're like, okay, that's fine. Your job will be waiting for you when you come back. I was like, oh, really? <laughs> Sick. Okay. See, I'll check back in six months. <laughs> yeah. So then going to Alaska, like, I mean, how is it to be out there? Because a lot of times I've only ever experienced Alaska through, what, like, online, TV. like TV. You know what I mean? And maybe, like clips i've seen here and there or that show alone i don't know if you guys ever seen that show alone but that's a good show you should watch it it's about these guys like staying out there so you can stay out there the longest so like that's all i've really seen and like being able to see your your instagram posts about like a lot of stuff you were seeing you know even like like one of my favorite things that you posted was the fox you posted this little fox like <laughs> just around you know like you could tell he was just around looking for stuff and then he ended up on the boat somehow and that shit just made me laugh. Like, he's all, like, looking around, you know, trying to keep it low-key so people won't see him and stuff. Like, how how is your experience in the last year? Like, how do you, how do you like, living out there, like, and being a part of the company that you're in? Overall, I feel pretty good. I, um, the first time I went out there, I went to a small island. Not a small island. I went to a normal town. It was called Petersburg, Alaska. There, it's a little, it's like a small state. So everything there was normal. There's two banks. There's like three stores. My phone works there. There's restaurants. The vibes was chill. And the majority of the workers were from Mexicali. Oh, shit. And I was like, what the hell? What are you guys doing out here? Yeah. <laughs> like, what the heck? Yeah. So the majority of the time, I, I ended up speaking a lot of Spanish. So, like, I regained a lot of Spanish speaking. I was like, damn, this is cool. That's a trip. <laughs> yeah. You l- learned a lot of Spanish again in, in fucking Alaska. Alaska. <laughs> yeah. And then the second year, I went to a different island, and I'm picking up employees from the from the ferry, and like I asked them, "Where are you guys from?" They're like, "Oh, Serbia, Ukraine, Czech Republic, and then Bulgaria." I was waiting for Bulgaria because I heard there's Bulgarians. Yeah, and I was, they're like Bulgaria. I'm like, "Hey, I fuck with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been out there before." <laughs> yeah, and like they're surprised that I've been out there before. You know, yeah. their country's not really that well known or well desired. I'm not sure, but they're just surprised. So, of course, I'm interested in them, and I talk to them, and they teach me their language. I ended up learning a little bit of Bulgarian. I know a little bit of Serbian. I know a little bit of Ukrainian. A little bit of Czech. So, like, it's dope in Alaska that we have a bunch of people from Europe. Also from the Philippines. I know a little bit of Tagalog, too. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's pretty fun. My guy over here picking up all different so cultures. Like, so, you're, like, out on the boats pot. in the ocean, or is it more of, like, an office kind of job? Or, like, what exactly do you do? With, yeah, so know? I'm actually, like shore side the best way i can relate to this is that uh to sports is that this week we train off for two three different sports we got a game for each sport the following week so you got to learn quick 
So I'm wearing multiple hats in the office. I do a little bit, um, you know, we can say keep it boring, accounting. But, you know, it's really, there's a little bit of payroll. There's a little bit of uh, travel. There's production. Production meaning, like, we bought the whole fish, but we're not going to sell the whole fish. Mm-hmm. We buy it whole, but we cut it. So whatever is waste, we don't use. And our recovery is basically that. Whatever we we have left of the fish. Mm-hmm. So I do numbers on that. And then um, another thing about sports is that, like, I consider myself probably, like, uh, multi-tool, kind of like six-man, you know, off the bench. Or someone that can move around a lot. So What's that one guy? The best six-man? No, there's been a couple. Of, Williams? Lou Williams or Jamal Crawford. Yeah. Or Andres Romero, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so last year I went to four different islands. My roles and positions vary. Mm-hmm. They just plug me where I need me, and I'm able to pick up where someone left off. And I work. We work every day. That's kind of like the draining part, but we have like huge time off. So like I left Alaska April 15, and I probably don't go back to like June 1st. June 1st. Also, it's like a cool little break. When you first went out to Alaska, like. Like, did you have a, f- I don't know if I asked this earlier in the podcast, but, like, the same thing as Vallejo, like, going out to somewhere new, but you're not just going out to somewhere new. You're going out to, like, in a way, one of the most dangerous environments in the world, right? Like, I feel like Alaska has, like, some crazy, crazy <clears throat> weather patterns that, like, did you ever experience, like, any heavy storms or, like, any heavy, like, blizzard or anything like that? Um, I did, but that wasn't until, like, the last two years. Mm-hmm. My first two years, I went just for the summers, so... Oh, so it's beautiful out there. Yeah, and the sunlight—it's probably like from five in the morning to like two in the morning. What the fuck? It's just dark most of the day. No, no for light. only like a couple hours, right? Like no, oh, sunlight. dark for the sunlight. Oh, okay. I was thinking of like just the short time, not the whole day. Like oh, all I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like our second fourth, of, my second fourth of July there, we had planned to set the fireworks off maybe like eleven p.m. Too bright. <laughs> so we try. We were gonna do it again at midnight. Too bright. We ended up setting the fireworks off like like a one or one thirty in the morning. Holy shit! It wasn't dark dark, but it was enough where we can still pop them off. You could see them and stuff. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't just like the, the smoke, like. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Nice man. So does it's that a- mean it's the same for at night too, or is it only daylight that's it's long like that, or is there long nights too? In the winter, so like switches, I think, right? Yeah. So this is my first. This is my second time being up there from like January to March, January to April, and uh, January is pretty dark, probably. Sunrise is probably like 9 a.m. Sunset is probably like 6 p.m. 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Sunset. I mean, that's pretty, that's fairly normal, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like a little bit shorter than over here, mm-hmm. maybe, because it's probably from like, what, 6 like a.m. here? 6. Yeah, to like 6 p.m. or 7.30 right now. Yeah. I actually don't know. Fucking time is weird. Right. So, out there in Alaska, bro, like, being on the boat, like, do you ever go on the boat and actually, like, have you ever been able to, like, go and fish with them and actually experience it, or just more staying in the office? Um, I've been on the boat, but we haven't left the dock. So, like, mm. I get to know the fishermen, but sometimes, like, this season for crab season, um, it's a little mix of being, like, short staff or, like, just checking on the numbers, seeing where we're at, because we have a real-life tally. So, the way crab offload works is a boat, crab boat comes in, we throw, like, 10 people in the hole. And they hand pick up every single crab count them. and toss them into the bag. And we, we weigh it. We don't count it. We just mm. wait. So then there's probably like a total of maybe 220 brailers, each of them being about 1,400 pounds. So it can come out to be 
close to 300,000 pounds. Just crab. Yeah. So, you know, kudos. Very, very proud of our pitchers, of all the workers. That, that work is tough, man. Yeah, do they ever come back with any crazy stories That's that they tell you? Uh, not out in the waters? Like, no, not really. Like, we don't really talk to Because of COVID, they don't come to the office. But last year, my first time up there, they'll come to the office and they'll shoot the shit with the fleet manager or they'll come talk to us for a little bit. And I don't know if you watch Deadliest Catch, do you? Yeah, yeah. I've seen that shit. Before. That's why when it, when I think about crab catching and stuff like that, I think about, like, crazy weather that they have to deal with, like, super dangerous, like, just a super dangerous work environment. Totally. Like, I'm not, I don't really watch the show. But uh, this season, my aunt, she's a fan of the show. Mm-hmm. She mentioned it. So I told one of the boats, I told Jake off the saga. I was like, hey, man. My oh, aunt, shit. My aunt's a, a fan of the show. You know, like, do you have any hats or anything? And then he's like, oh, I just give away the last hats on the last trip I was in. Yeah. So he actually gave me the hat off his head. And that's the hat he had on for season 17. And him and his crew signed it. And then he gave it to me. And he gave me a sticker. That's fucking cool. Yeah, I met him last year. But I wasn't, like, a fan. So I, like, I just yeah. treat them regularly. It's like normal, whatever. Like I don't, I don't fuck with your show. You know the cool. yeah, like, yeah. yeah, I'm just chilling. So then this year when he did that, I was like, "Wow, man, that's pretty dope." Like I respect you so much more now. Yeah. And he was like, I told him like, "Man, my aunt's a, f- a fan of the show." He's like, "No, no, no, tell your aunt, thank you, thank you." And like my aunt sent me a video of her reaction. It was priceless, man. She was really excited. <laughs> Dude, that's really cool. Like, is he out there? Just that's his daily life. Like, do you think he even like feels? The fame or he's more just like this is what i do every day these people come to film me and then they leave you know like i don't like you think he's actually like exploring the world you know living a famous lifestyle or is it just like that's his lifestyle and they're there to record it yeah be like yeah. you're just there that's his lifestyle he just there recorded um last season when he came up he came up to the office and like i was working with somebody else and i'm like hey we're gonna mess with them today we're gonna <laughs> mess with them today. like all right sweet i'm in so then each crab boat has a quota and they can't go over that quota and this was the last trip for him and that was it like hey just bring in twenty four thousand pounds that's all we need you to do he's like all right i'm on it so they're really careful out there because the state's watching you got to submit your numbers and his real brought he brought in like two thousand like twenty four he was pretty close he didn't go over he was a little under mm-hmm. but then uh the guy i was working with was like hey we're gonna tell him we went over all right, sick, I'm in. <laughs> so then uh, he came to the office, like, so what are my numbers? And then the guy was like, Andres, what'd you get? And I was like, 27,462, just like that. <laughs> He's like, oh, no. <laughs> Fuck, my guys are idiots. They don't know how to count. Holy shit. So, like, he leaves our office and he's going to go around. And there's another office next to us, and there's a window. I'm like, hey. So one of the see-through windows. And yeah. Shit. So I was like, hey, go with it, go with it. You know? <laughs> And then <clears throat> he tells him, like, what are we going to do? He's like, I don't know, man. Like, you, you fucked up. <laughs> You're going to have to talk to the, to the manager. He's like, oh, shit. And then we're like, hey, Jake, <clears throat> come back. We're just kidding, man. We're just kidding. He's all sweating profusely. Like, yeah. fucking holy shit. <laughs> so then, like, um, our paperwork exchanges includes that he has to sign paperwork and I have to sign paperwork. So technically, all these crab boats have my signatures. They have my autographs. Yeah. I'm just throwing that out there. Put this guy on deadliest <laughs> catch. <laughs> yeah, so I, I had a pin. This pin was giving me, like, it was a pain in the ass. I don't know why I kept it, but the cap was really hard to take off. <laughs> so then I just left it, and on the other end of the of the pin, I put another cap on it. I don't know why. 
So then, like, it was right there, and he was trying to sign the paperwork. He opened the cap, and it's the, it's the back end. So he's like, oh, fuck, guys. So we already screwed him with all the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, this is fucked up. Fucking pen, get out of here. And then, like, he flipped it, and then he tried to open it, and he can't open the pen. He's like, oh, you guys are fucking <laughs> assholes. I'm like, that was the plan, man, but here's another pin. But, yeah. Dude, that's, that's fucking cool. Um, there's one thing that I keep seeing you hashtag on your Instagram post, and it's false pass. What oh, yeah. is that? That's the name of the, the town that I, that I work in for the summer. So false pass is along the Aleutian, China, Aleutian Islands. And the reason they call it false pass is because it's a pass, but there's different levels to the sea ground. And it's very deceiving. And not many boats can go there. You have to be really, really careful to go through that pass. Like it's sunken boats before. Because it's too shallow and stuff. Yeah, some so parts like... are shallow. Some parts are really deep. Mm. You got to be a really good captain to captain. navigate through that. Drive the boat. Yeah. Have you ever seen anything like any bad accidents there or like any like any crazy animal things? Honestly, I'm just thinking all I would see in Alaska is like bears attacking like sea lions and shit like that. You know what I mean? I'm sure that's not the daily life and stuff and you probably don't see a lot of shit like that. But have you ever seen like any crazy wildlife experiences out there? So in False Pass, it was very late in the night. Um, somebody, we had just opened up that location. So there's a bunch of stuff laying around everywhere. It's not neat. It's not perfect, right? And uh, there was a galley box left out there. So overnight, we hear some noises. One of my friends goes, goes takes a look. There's three bears on top of the box of the galley. And, like, there's a pallet on top of it to keep the animals out. I don't know who the, who the hell made that move. But anyways, the bears knocked over the pallet, and they were inside the tote chewing up donuts. There's three of them, three <laughs> small bears, and they're like probably like from me to Alexis, like, like brown bears just, or right, black yeah, bears, like brown brown bears. Yeah, like there's a porch here, and like there's steps, and then there's there's the bears right there, and they're just minding their own business. Like they don't really look in our area, and they're just eating, just kind of like getting whatever they can, and just yeah. get a quick little donut, little lechecito on the side. Yeah. <laughs> so false pass is where I see most bear activity, mm. and as we. Got situated there. Um, the louder the facility got, so they keep away. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we have bears that are just wandering, and they just they smell the fish that we're processing, so they're interested, and they don't know. And they, they pass on through, <laughs> and we get on the radio, hey, bear, bear, bear. Do you guys just all run away and, like, just pretty much hide? Or, like, is it kind of like, let's get this bear out of here, let's scare him out of here? No, so in False Pass, we have a bear guy. So, like, he's like, on call <laughs> 24-7. Bears. He Come just, get this. <laughs> he has his own station. We're like, hey, Steven, there's a bear. So what does he bear do? He just like pepper spray them or like? Yeah, he, they, bear spray. They use non lethal methods to get him off the island or get him off or our, like scare our them away or something. Hey, hey. Uh, they're like rubber bullets or heavy bullets. They're scared of loud noises and they have a good memory. Bears have good memories. So they'll remember not to come back. So exactly. You get fucked up. <laughs> just like, yeah, we can't go through here. This guy, they got the bear guy coming to us. Yeah. And it's funny, though, his this bear guy, he has a, a young daughter. She's doing a fundraiser, selling ice cream. So, like, for two years, she's been selling ice cream, fundraising for something. So, Drug like, habits. Just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah, so they made, like, a little <laughs> sign. If you're interested in buying ice cream, call this number. So, like, hey, Steven, good news. There's no bear. Greater news. I need some ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of ice cream we talking? Like we talking? We talking WWE ice cream? We talking little paletas with SpongeBob on it? Are we talking... What you, what, what you got over there? Some fire-ass ice cream sandwiches, man. They're like snickerdoodle with some type of 
the snickerdoodle cookies oh. and then like vanilla ice cream or like there's this that lemon cookie with some honey ice cream oh lemon cookie with honey ice cream that sounds crazy honestly i've never even i can't even imagine how that would taste when i find out what the name of those ice creams are i should shoot a message shoot, shoot me a couple <laughs> yeah, yeah ship me some over <laughs> yeah. yeah you gotta bring me a souvenir honestly i would really appreciate that bro yeah. dude thank you for being on i really fucking appreciate this honestly i thank you for coming out and having some time like this is just the first time too so if you ever have some time to come back through and be on the podcast that'd be dope too all right, one, one, one last thing about Vietnam. Dude, go off. So the God voice over there, Alexis. Said, <laughs> the did, man himself. Did I, leave, did I live lavishly? The last three months that I was there, me and my buddy, we found a two-bedroom apartment, fully furnished, rice cooker, kitchen table, four, ta- four chairs, coffee table, couch, sofa, Wi-Fi, three air conditioners, everything, man. I'm telling you, everything you need. And uh, we lived on the 24th floor. Of a Wait, hotel or like an apartment. Like apartment building? Yeah. Holy apartment. fuck, that's a big fucking apartment building. Yeah, and it was the highest floor was like 27 or 26. And we lived on the 24th floor. They gave us a card. They're like, you need this card to go up the elevator. I was like, damn, if you don't have it, you're not coming up. <laughs> so then guess how much I paid? For the card? For no, the, for the, the room. For the, for the apartment. Um, Are we talking per day or per month? Per month. Per month? Total. Like me and my friend split it half and half. If you're saying you got that meal for a dollar, I'm going to say like $300. It's pretty close. So like total was 600, but I paid 300 and my friend paid 300. That's fucking ridiculous still. I was going to guess like around 500. So even on top of that, it was time to pay the water bill and the electricity bill. And it's downstairs in the garage. I was like, all right, this is going to be interesting. I had the air conditioner <laughs> on all day, <laughs> every day, all day. And, you know. I take my showers, you know. I take be taking thirty minute showers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I enjoy myself. Yeah, and then uh, I get downstairs. I'm getting ready to pay, and then like, I know my numbers in Vietnamese, but I have nothing, no idea what else he's saying. But I give him my my apartment number. Yada yada. He pulls it up, and he tells me the number. I'm like, for both? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like five or six bucks. Wow. For for a, for a month? Yeah. Wow. And I had the AC on running every day, all day. I had. Holy shit. Yeah, it was hella cheap, man. Would you ever see yourself going back there to just, like, live for a couple months or just to experience for a couple weeks? I actually want to. I probably won't go there again for a while because of COVID. Mm-hmm. But I think when I do go, it's just going to be, like, a short trip, not, like, six months again. Yeah. But I do hope to live there for one full year. Nice. Pretty soon, maybe in the next five or six years. Hopefully. Um, I joined martial arts. I saw that. I was, oh, I was actually going to ask you about that. Dude, I saw that you were at, like, a... It looked like you were at a jujitsu kind of place. Yeah. It's yeah. a big ass gym. So there's a bunch of gyms all over. Yeah. And like everybody's doing some type of martial arts. I'm like, well, this is crazy. Like yeah. anybody could whoop my ass in the streets. <laughs> like, this is crazy. So then uh, my friend's family, the husband, he was actually going to uh, keto. And he's the one that invited me over. So I started going to class with him. I went three times a week. I ended up losing about like 40 pounds the last five months. Just from working out there and stuff. Working like- out. The heat and the food was much healthier, much better. So it just like helped, dude. That's really cool. Is um at your experiences out there in martial arts, was it difficult to get like the first couple classes in? Because I mean, I can imagine like getting your ass beat is a little bit um, intimidating. Uh no. So, so this is really a self defense class. So you're really like oh okay. Counters, so they're not counters. trying to like yeah yeah. But so they it's don't more speak just English. like hey, this is to teach you like how to protect yourself out in the streets and stuff like that. Pretty much, but they don't speak English, so. I'm a quick learner, and I, I can look at somebody dance. Like, I did line dancing in college, mate, like, three times. Mm-hmm. 
I've done a flash mob with one practice. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> and I, I just pick up things easily. Like, I'm very, I'm not sure, like, athletic, but I can pick up stuff pretty quick. Yeah. So I learned my numbers, like, one, two, three, four, whatever. So, yeah. like, one, two, three. And then, like, you just, Tight. that's how you practice. <laughs> it's fucking cool, man. All right. So, All right. Chancho, if you have anything to plug, man, this is the time. If you want to plug your Instagram or if you want to plug anything else, give some people some shout outs. Anything you got on the top of your mind, my man? Yeah, um, shout out to Gio. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you, sir. I like seeing you doing your own thing. Thank uh, you. Shout out to Del Valto YouTube channel by Enrique Delgado. We got Sonic, Holy Dimension Chloe Line, Refresh South, Gerardo. Refresh South, Gerardo. The man. Sal be doing his thing with his little camera, Sal's photography. Touch. I don't know what, his, what that name is. South Touch. Oh, yeah. South, South Touch, Touch on Instagram. Coach Peter doing his thing out there. Well, training people, right? Personal yeah, training. yep, yep. And then we got Raw Element by Bree. She's doing our organic skincare. Shout out to everyone else doing their own thing. I'm proud of y'all. It's pretty exciting seeing people from our area doing their own thing and expanding their horizons. It's pretty sick. Yeah, I agree, man. And I take a lot of inspiration from someone like you, too, that's like going out, traveling different places and experiencing the world. So I really appreciate you being here, my guy. No Thank you for coming out. All right. Uh, honestly, every company too, he shouted out. Go check them out. Go check out El Mitote too. It's right here on. It's like by Bloomington High School. Go get yourself some fucking bomb ass media. Alexis, thank you for being here. I appreciate you behind, being behind the camera. Ollie, you're a bad dog, bro. You're a bad dog. I'm just kidding, man. Look at you. Golden hour for this guy. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it. If you can go follow on Instagram, support. Go subscribe on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, all that shit. We appreciate it. Thank you guys. Yeah.